All right, everyone, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I'm your host, Jason Cleep, and on today's episode, we have Matt De La Valle, who has been on the show a number of different times. He's our chief fitness officer at NC Fit, oversees coaching and training throughout the organization. Today, we talk about this idea of your words have power, your words have weight. Both of us had um, real-life experiences that brought this to light, and we wanted to talk about it today. Before getting into the episode, wanted to talk to you about – um, this professional development series that we have coming up. It's the first of its kind of NC Fit that we're actually putting out to the public. We take coaching in the gym very seriously. MDV takes it very seriously as far as the profession of coaching. And we have something super exciting for coaches that's uh, right around the corner, actually, just coming up this week. So, MDV, what is it? And then let's dive right into the episode. Yes, sir. Um, you know, it's no secret that at NC Fit, <clears throat> we think of ourselves as professional coaches. And it doesn't matter if you're a full-time coach, a part-time coach, if you're an intern, that professionalism is pervasive throughout our organization. And it's taken a while to get there. And, and it's, we've gone through a lot of different growing pains and different iterations of coaches' manuals and philosophies. But over the past three years or so, I think we've really set ourselves up on a path to be leading from the tip of the spear in regards to professional coaching. And I'm really, really proud of that. I think it's something that's really important. There's always an opportunity for us to get better. And this is one of those opportunities. You know, we're in this COVID time right now where we have a lot of people who might not be coaching their regular workload. They might be doing some different things. They might be running Zoom classes. They might not be coaching at all due to furlough. And what we want to do through this five-week lecture style series is dust off those skills, put on our education hats, and really put ourselves in that environment where we can learn from one another. We can listen to a few experts throughout those five weeks talking about the craft of coaching. And we're going to cover everything from week one of setting a new standard for professionalism. How do we think about that at NC Fit? What does that mean overall? And how can our coaches and coaches who are joining the series think about that? In week number two, we're going to go into leadership and talk about the different components of being a strong leader and what that entails and what that might not entail. Week number three, we're going to talk about preparation and making sure that you're bringing your A game every single time. We're going to get into the nitty gritty a little bit more starting in week three with a little bit more uh, tactile stuff that we're going to bring to uh, our listeners. In week number four, we're going to get in very, very nitty gritty. We're going to start demystifying movement. We're going to talk about how to break down whether or not you're going to layer your points of performance or you're going to use a progression. And then in week five, it's called Exceptional Coaches Coach Always. And uh, that's going to be a, a, a webinar about the idea of active coaching and what that means throughout your career and then all the way down throughout your class. So big macro view, small micro view, ABC, always be coaching. Always be coaching. Um, well, guys, if you want more information about that, check out. Um, we're going to have it all in the bio and in the write-up for the podcast. We don't have any you know, paid ads on this podcast, but we love sharing what we're doing as a business, and it's authentic to us. So check that out. We'd really appreciate it. It's free for collective members. There is a small fee if you're not a part of the collective. But let's dive into this subject right now of your words have weight, your words have power. <laughs> Originally, I, I reached out to MDV a couple days ago. I'm like, hey, man, this is what's in going through my mind and what I want to talk about today on the podcast. And he, we kind of went back and forth on it. Mm -hmm. And 
today he came back to me with a similar similar vein but a completely different way of looking at it and i thought it was really powerful and as we've talked about on this podcast so many different times we don't try and fabricate anything we just talk about what's happening in our lives what's happening in our business because chances are if it's happening here it's probably happening with you guys as well and we want to share how we're combating it and moving forward so mdv you want to kind of dive into the the topic that you brought up and then i could share my side of that yeah sure you know um you know, we talk a lot of, about different things on this show and um, you know, a lot of times we're expressing our opinions on things and our opinions based off of our experiences. And I know that you and I will have side conversations about, hey, whether or not, you know, we feel like we might be, pre- be being too preachy, for lack of a better term, sometimes. And, you know, what we want to do with this show and, and these topics that we talk about is to help educate people so that they can avoid some of the mistakes that we've made. Because I I can't speak for Jason, but I'm sure he'll echo my sentiments, is that I've made a lot of mistakes. A lot of mistakes as a coach, a lot of mistakes as a professional, a lot of mistakes in my personal life, and gotta continue to learn from those things. And you know, I had a a learning experience very recently um, when I spoke to someone I hadn't spoke to in a while. And um, you know, it, it, it kind of rocked me back because there was an instance that was brought up and uh, for lack of a better term, uh, my words had, had some weight and some weight that looking back on it now uh, is something that uh, I very deeply regret. And, you know, as, as somebody who prides themselves on making the right decisions, on being a strong mentor and a strong leader, it was very, very, very tough. And, you know, we're not perfect. You're going to make mistakes. You can always learn from those things. But as somebody and as listeners out there, if you're a coach, if you're an owner, if you're somebody who's in a position of leadership, you always need to remember that the things that you say will have an impact on people, positive, neutral, or negative. And especially in circumstances where there's a lot on the line or it's a highly emotional circumstance, or it's a crossroads for somebody, or there's a potential for emotional reaction, you have to sometimes push down some of the other bullshit that might be happening in your life. You have to let all of that other stuff go. You have to let your ego go. You have to let your bad day go. You have to let Uh, how busy you feel or how busy you are go and you have to let uh, anything else that might be influencing how you might respond to this person. You have to let that all go. And that's hard to do. And I'm not saying push down your emotions, but you have to be able to respond clearly, professionally, and, and in as much as you can positively, especially in those tough and challenging circumstances, because you know, if, if, if you let your ego or your bad day get the best of you, you might say some stuff that you're going to end up regretting. And whether or not you regret it now or you regret it down the road, you know, you're, you're probably going to regret it. And, you know, I, th- I just think that's a good message for coaches to remember because, you know, coaches a lot of times are put in situations where they might, there might be a challenging interaction. You might have to deal with a member who's, for lack of a better term, a pain in the neck sometimes. Or you might deal with somebody who's having a bad day. 
You might deal with some unnecessary strife, like something happens, the music goes out, your clock goes out. Um, there's some other sort of interruption to your normal course of action and not letting that stuff get the best of you and to still be able to communicate in a positive, encouraging and calm way will, it will improve you as a professional. It will improve the way the pe that people perceive you and it will make more than your perception, more than how people look at you. It will make you feel better about yourself because you know the 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 regret and the bad feeling that comes along with quick anger rude responses snap answers jealousy ego whatever all that stuff it weighs on you eventually so you know my little two cents here before we start talking about a little bit more of like um the finer details of like email communication and text communication is that you know, as coaches and owners, you're going to come across some challenging situations and you're going to have to pull back and you might have to uh, push that knee jerk emotional reaction down, take a deep breath and then respond with a reasoned and positive answer. Well, look, I, I think you said a lot of amazing things, but I think it, it came to light because of something that happened to you. I mean, you're, you're, and I mean, if you want to share more of that, I think it would give context to the way, because it gives weight to it, right? You're saying, Hey, you know, in the moment, you might say some things, but you really need to think through those things and what is actually all partaking that, that, that leads into the way you respond to things. I mean, do you want I me, mean, do you want to bring Cause I mean, the, the, the lesson you're talking about, it, yeah. it happened to you and it's, it's powerful. It's powerful to remember because, because yeah. words have weight because we're talking years later. I think that's powerful. Yeah. You know, I, I'll just say I had a, uh, an interaction with a family member, um, from, from a while ago. And um, it only came back around to me now that uh, an interaction that I had with that family member um, made, them made them feel a certain way or um, potentially tainted uh, uh, the relationship that I thought I might have had with that person. So, you know, it, the, exact, the exact details of the situation I don't think matter as much. What you got to remember is that no matter if it's a family member, a friend, an employee, uh, a peer, or uh, a customer, that your words are going to have weight. And, you know, the, the ability for somebody to take something that you say out of anger or spite or jealousy or whatever, whatever the reason is, you know, we all are confronted with stuff like that. It, 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 it's just not the right path to go down there's a higher road. And I think that that's probably the underlying theme for all of this is that there's, there's an elevated way to handle that kind of stuff. And it's not easy. It's, there's going to be times when you're going to be dealing with somebody who, you know, is a pain in the neck in the gym and they always seem to have something that's going wrong. And, you know, they are always asking why about things and, Hey, did you see this charge, this extra tax charge on my, membership and whatever's going on. And, you know, at some point you're going to want to turn to them and say, you know what, why don't you just shut up or whatever you're going to say. Right. And you can't let that happen. You know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, as a leader, as somebody who's in charge, you have to, you have to breathe and you have to respond in a way that you would be proud of. And there might come a time if you're a business owner, 
or you're uh, managing a team where you might have to dismiss a member or dismiss a team member. Um, but more often than not, you know, even in those situations, when somebody uh, has done something to the level that you, you have to say, all right, this isn't the place for you to train or you should no longer be a coach on our staff, you can still take the high road, right? You can always take that high road. Yeah. Hey, look, I can speak from experience on this. You know, I know that you're going a little vague on it, which I get. I totally get it. Um, I'll go more specific. You know, I see people all the time that I've taught CrossFit Level 1 seminars to. All the time. I run into them. And more times than not, they'll come up to me and they'll say, hey, you taught my Level 1 and it was the, you, you said X, Y, Z to me and it, and it changed my life, right? I mean, you've actually been there with me when, when people have said certain mm -hmm. stuff like this to me. But then you'll have a guy who comes up to you and says, hey, you taught my Level 1. You walked by me one time. He said, hey, man, you have really tight ankles. You have a bad squat. And you just kept walking. And that's what they remembered about that experience. Yeah. And to me, it was just like, uh, I mean, at the time, right? You probably just, you were just kind of throwing up what was ever in your head. But you don't realize that this was 10 years later and this person remembers that. And it's a, it's a good old saying and my mom would always tell me, you know, people, they might not remember what you say or this and that, but they'll remember how, they, how you made them feel. And I think that there's something really powerful to that. And we need to take that into every interaction, whether it's personal, like, like you and I talking right now, yeah. or if it's through email or text message, or on social media is even on a whole different stratosphere of uh, taking a tech context. Yeah, I, do you mind if I ask you a question? Sure. As somebody who's gained some fame on social media through your accomplishments, right? You know, you've done a lot of really cool stuff. You got a big, pretty big following. How does that impact you as somebody who's putting themselves out there to the world? You know, like, do you feel any extra weight or gravity from that? I think, you know, when I first started getting into social media, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed sharing my life. I enjoyed sharing things. Over the years, it's gotten a little bit more toxic and a little bit more, like, I feel like the intent behind people when they look at it is that they assume negative intent. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I've been a little bit more reserved in what I want to share and how I want to share it. Like, I, I don't have the same type of conversations online or different things that I used to because I just feel like things get so far out of context and it's really unfortunate. And so I'd rather just avoid those conversations altogether, not share that side of, of things that I enjoy or, yeah. or that I'm whatever, and just kind of keep it more streamlined. And I don't know what that means for the future of social media. Um, I think eventually everybody needs to find out what type of relationship they want to have with, with social media. Some people want to put themselves more out there and some people don't. And some people put themselves more out there and then over time they realize that's maybe not what they want anymore. Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at is, is I'll share, but I'll share through a lens that, that I'm prepared to share with the world. Um, primarily because just things change over time. Yeah. Yeah. You said something early on there that is, it's a good segue into, I think what one of the main topics of this conversation was going to be is that, you know, sometimes it's easy to assume negative intent and that that's really difficult, you know, on certain types of social media because, you know, Twitter, for example, is just a bunch of characters. There's only whatever it is, 250 characters. That's all you get. And on Instagram, you know, you get more context, but you know, you write it in a caption, there's nothing else there. And maybe Facebook, there's the most context, but you're still dealing with a, a type of media that's not personal. That's not, in per, uh, human, you know, there's no one-on-one -on -one FaceTime with this person who's 
commenting on your stuff and it it becomes hard in some ways to interpret what they might be trying to say yeah you don't know the tone you yeah you don't know the tone right and then it's also on the other hand if you're somebody who is going to twist the knife on somebody right it's easy to twist the knife on somebody over text and email and social media because you don't have to look that person in the face and say those things right yeah which 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 leads into this idea that you know i get copied on emails um after traditionally they they escalate sometimes in our organization and i'm okay with that I, you know I, I like getting pulled in and understanding what's going on in all facets of our business but i got copied in on an email and it was a little short in nature with the way we respond i felt like we could have done a better job mm -hmm. and i forwarded it on just said hey what are your thoughts here to someone else on our team and they said hey you know there's a long backstory to this um but still the email could have been better written Mm -hmm. And I thought that was interested, interesting because what happens is I feel like each email, each text, each social post, each whatever, in my opinion, needs to be able to be screenshotted or taken an excerpt of and hold on its own to the professionalism, the vision that you have for your business and who you are. Yeah. And it's not to say this email was unprofessional, just the tone of it was pretty short and, and could come off aggressive, but I didn't know that they had 30 other email exchanges um, before this new email thread started mm -hmm. and I'm not saying it makes it right but what I'm saying is that's an example of just being forwarded something you never know how your words gonna have power and how that's gonna be screenshotted or sent to someone and get totally taken out of context I think that's just something we need to think about in this mm -hmm. day and age where everything is tech is that your tone the way you describe and the way your messages come across need to be able to stand on their own I think is a takeaway that I had from that from that exchange yeah I, um... I like the way that you explain that um, because it is very easy to misunderstand tone and intention and in email, especially when the email chain <clears throat> goes longer than just one email. You know, as you go down an email chain, typically the emails and the communications get shorter and more informal because you're developing a rapport as you go. Mm -hmm. But what you should never allow yourself to do and like I started off saying at the beginning of the show, I'm victim of this, I have done this, is you should never respond sharply, no matter if it's the first email in the chain or if it's the 50th email in the chain, for two reasons. Number one is that it's not the right thing to do. <laughs> it's just not the right thing to do to respond with anger or malice or anything like that. You're not going to feel good about it. But on the, set, on the other hand is that Aside from living in a day and age where it's hard to interpret communication over text and email in particular, is that we live in a day and age where people are going to, are going to take those things and they're going to put you on the spot about them. And, you know, it's, it, this is a little of what's called a CYA. You learn that in law school on your very first day is a cover your ass, right? <laughs> it's CYA law. And um, you, you, you hate to operate under that premise that people are always out to get you. But the downside of something like email is that you can say something that you don't intend through words that you type down and somebody takes them and interprets them in a way that's very, very, very negative, right? So just being careful about that and making sure that you're, you're staying above board, 
You're typing out the things that you want to say in a way that you would be proud of and that if you remove that email out of the chain, out of context, that when you read it, you go, okay, there's probably more going on here, but this email was still written in a way that was professional. I think that's yes. a good rule of thumb. Yeah, so I wonder if there's some like best practices that we've been trying to incorporate. I mean, I mean, for me, um, you know, I've been trying to get on board with this whole tech thing with Slack and this and that and these different processes that we have as an organization because I'm more of an old school guy, get on the phone kind of guy. You know, I started off with the, you know, headset punching numbers trying to sell gym memberships. So I like the idea of understanding tone and intention and discussion, but that's just not the day we're in right now. We, we spend a lot more text, a lot more email. And so I wonder if there's some things that we think about um, you know, when I reread emails before I send them to some of the things that I do, this is just, just me, let's just say I'm sending a member to it, uh, an email to a member and the, the member's name is regardless of the name, whether it's difficult or simple. One of the things I do is, you know, it's like, Hey Mark or whatever. I write my email and then I sign it off. Then before I send it, I do one very specific thing every single time. So I make sure that I match the name to the name that's on the email address. And that's just a really easy thing to do, specifically for more challenging names. Um, maybe you miss an A, maybe you miss a double A, and that just comes off right first thing on the email as yeah. you just don't, you're not paying attention to detail. And spell their name wrong or put the wrong yeah, name. It, you know, I, I've had people spell my name wrong, and it's like we're talking like deep business stuff. It's like, dude, if you don't have the, the, the presence to be able to look through the name, you know, ah, what does that really mean? So that's one of the things that I do every single email, every single time is ensure that I recapture the email, not only through reading, but then start with the name. Then as I read through, I try and read through, this is just me, I try and read through through the lens that someone else is reading it through. So I try and put myself as the reader, not the distributor, and how they might be able to take some of my words out of context. And oftentimes as I read through it, I end up going back and changing it to be a little bit more, for lack of a better term, fluffy, a little bit more softer in the approach because as you're writing it, it could, it could in your, your, you think it's coming off pretty, you know, positive, whatever, but as you reread it, you can see how maybe this word could have came off a little wrong or maybe an exclamation mark isn't appropriate there or whatever happens. And so those are just the two things that I try and do um, for every communication. And I've been trying to hold myself accountable to that because again, you never know when it's going to be forwarded or it just comes off the wrong way and you don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Those, I mean, those are good rules. Um, that second rule that you said there, there is, I think, the flip side. yeah, the flip side, right? There is the flip yeah. side where if you get too flowery or too over the top in your communication and, oh, I'm so sorry, right? Like someone could read that and be like, this person's being a, a, an a-hole, right? This person's being sarcastic with me on this. Like, why did they yeah. have to do that? Or you know, ingenuine, and, yeah. Yeah, exactly, right? So, the train. Um, you know, the, the other thing, this is more of like a, a technical thing, but if you use Gmail, there's a way to set up Gmail where when you send an email, you have, uh, for lack of a better term, an oh shit button. And you can cancel the sending of an email within like 15 or 20 seconds. And I've used that oh shit button more than... I could, uh, I could count. I've probably used it thousands of times, right? Where is this one at? Is it a big red button? I, I haven't seen this one. <laughs> it's a plugin that you, you can use for Gmail where it will say message sent and then a window will pop up that will say cancel message sent. And um. you're able to pull your message back. So 
you know, I've, I've read emails that I've sent off that have a misspelling in them. Like, oh shit, I got to press that button. Or if I send off an email that's a little bit too sharp and I'm thinking about it, I'll press the, oh, the, oh shit button. Sorry. Because even if you're thinking about it, it means it was probably too sharp. The thought that you were even thinking, was it too sharp? It was probably too sharp. Yeah. I guess that leads into the, the last rule. And this is more of like, I forget if it was like Abraham Lincoln or somebody who said this, but like, if you, if you're going to write a letter that uh, has a lot of negative stuff in it, right. And back in the day they were writing letters, right. And then they would mail them. But if you're going to write an email, that's going to have a lot of negative stuff in it. Maybe write the email or open up a word document, write out it, write it out in the word document and then step away for a while, step away, let yourself calm down and then go back and read the email and go back with a calm mind and read it through that lens of now being removed from the situation. Because dude, when you're going back and forth with e over email or somebody or over text, when it's something that's raising your blood pressure, it becomes super easy to all of a sudden send the nuke, right? Like even in my text chain with my buddies that I have that we, we go back and forth about stupid stuff, our childhood and all this crap. We have this little um, graphic that sometimes it's just a, a nuclear weapon. <laughs> like it says, put, send the nukes, right? And that's, that's the, the analogy that it's easy to get pissed when it's just back and forth and fast. And all of a sudden somebody says something that offends you. And then all of a sudden you're just like, I want to nuke them. And you can't do that. You feel yourself get to that point. You got to either do a couple of things. You got to step away, let it breathe. Nobody, it's not going to, world's not going to end that you don't respond to this person's email within five minutes. Or if you got to get it out, open up a word document, write it out and then step away. Don't allow yourself to send that communication over the bow that now starts the nuclear war, right? Like it's just a bad move. Yes, yeah, so the Google plugin is a good idea. I need to go check that out. Um, <laughs> you know, and then I shared a few of the things that I'm thinking of. But yeah, I mean, being able to step away from it, I think is really important, especially nowadays, you can actually watch the way it occurs on social media where you're commenting back and forth. You can just watch the conversation begin to escalate. And I think that a lot of people, um, I'm, not, I'm not particularly um, defensive, especially not on social media, but I think there are some people that do get defensive. And when they look back at it, they probably... They probably don't feel great about it, but I could be wrong. But I think that the, the, the whole story here with this particular episode really was sparked by me first seeing this email from one of our team members and thinking that each message should be able to stand on its own is the theory, right? That could be like a little, like a little nugget. Like if this was sent to someone, it stand on, stands on its own. And if it doesn't, then potentially it could be reworded. And then, you know, MDV brought to light something that happened with him. It's a real life situation where, you know, it's been years, but this person still feels a certain way. And I think that's really important for us to remember, just like me with the seminars, is that you can leave a very positive impression on someone, or you can leave a really negative one. And I think just taking a few seconds before you respond could really help with that. It could be night and day. And um, that goes for the power of words. And um, they could be super beneficial, super powerful, or they could also be detrimental. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to expand on the the power of words and how, how you treat people a little bit. And, um, you know, that the universe is going to smack you across the face every now and again, like you're, 
you're going to be thinking you're riding high and then all of a sudden it's going to come along and it's going to push you back down. That's good. It's good to learn your lesson. It's good to reflect, try to be better. But the, the power of words in particular, I've seen this, I've seen this throughout uh, my life. And when, when I was younger and when people didn't, didn't think that I could give anything to them or, you know, don't, don't treat the people who you think are insignificant different than the people who are significant. Does that make sense? Like you got to treat everybody with respect and how you treat somebody who doesn't, who can't give you anything says a lot about you and how you treat somebody when they're about to leave your organization says a lot about you as well. And this comes up a lot with coaches and owners when a coach goes to start their own gym and let's just say there's nothing nefarious going on. Like they didn't try to steal members from you. They just come to you and say, Hey, you know, in the next six months, I'm going to, I want to start my own gym. That is a moment. I think that a lot of coaches and gym owners might, might want to press the nuke button right away. You know, this person is on their way out. How are you going to treat them? Or, you know, the other example that I gave is, you know, you come, you come across somebody who's maybe they don't have a big social media following. They're a nobody. They're an intern. They have whatever, like that's what's going through your head. How do you treat that person versus how do you treat Jason Kalipa if he walks into your gym, right? You should treat them both the same. You should treat them both the same, right? That person who's uh, low on the social totem pole for, I'm using quotation marks there you should give them the respect, the positivity, the greeting, all the stuff, the, the time of day, the patience that you would give Jason if he walked through your doors, right? I just yeah. think those are important lessons. And lessons I'm still learning, dude. Like, you know, I, one of the things that I struggle with with being sometimes on this show, we talk a lot about experiences, we have strong opinions, but like, I stroke, sometimes we start drinking our own bathwater, right? And that's, that's a dangerous place to be. So just treat everybody with respect, communicate clearly, positively, say things that you would be proud of years later. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Say things you want. That's it. Dude, MD, MDV's going deep today. No, oh, that's man. the truth, man. It's, it's the truth. And uh, hey, look, guys. We have always been about with this show, like we say, just talk about what's on our mind and what's going on. And this was front and center, particularly to MDV and I, uh, this, this week. And next week, it'll be something different. But I do think it's nice for us to always have these type of conversations on different subjects because it is a reminder for us to, um, to, not just, to not just say it, not just preach it, but live it every single day and do our best to be there. And we're never going to be perfect. But if we discuss it and if you're listening to it, just maybe even just a little tidbit here and there for both of us, as we say it, might feed each other to just go do something better uh, outside the gym, in the gym, with our members, with our families. And that's just going to enhance all of us over time. I think this idea of complacency or, or sticking with the status quo is not where we want to be. We always want to come be evolving. And that's something I've been trying to be dedicated to for as long as I could think of. And it's through conversations like this, you get reminded, did you know what, man? Yesterday I did something. I'm not proud of that. I need to go make that right. And I think there's always opportunities for that. So yes, appreciate sir. you, MDV. Um, you. you know, if you guys enjoyed this episode, let us know. Hit us up on social. Uh, if there's topics you want to know about, just let us know. Um, and uh, we appreciate any rating or review you guys have in mind. Uh, well, MDV, we're all about rising the tides. Hope everybody checks out that um, 
professional oh, development true. series. And um, let's keep getting it. Let's rise those tides. <laughs>